Close Watch, episode 16. Rob here. On this episode, Lauren Carey of the Beard Owl Podcast returns to this feed. I think, think she hasn't been on Close Watch before. She was on Franchise Detours. Uh, she's been on the Cricket Table Podcast soon before this feed uh, rebranded to Close Watch. So uh, I guess this is uh, her debut on Close Watch, technically. Uh, but Lauren Carey from the Beard Owl Podcast comes on to discuss 1985's The Complete Owl and 2022's Weird, the Al Yankovic story. No, you're not accidentally on the feed for our sister show, Franchise Detours. Uh, since it's not technically a franchise, they're more companion pieces. I thought it made just made perfect sense to have her on the same feed where we talked about UHF and uh, sort of play these movies against each other because they are connected, as you'll hear us get into. As always, you can find more episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and other podcatchers, as well as crookedtable.com. Go ahead and give us a rating and review wherever you're listening to this episode. For now, let's listen to a little bit of the trailer for Weird the Al Yankovic Story, and then we'll get into our conversation about 1985's The Complete Al and 2022's Weird, The Al Yankovic Story. I'm tired of people thinking I'm some kind of joke. Your dad and I agreed it would be best if you just stop being who you are and doing the things you love. My whole life, all I wanted. I'm afraid we found your son at a polka party. Just to make up new words to a song that already exists. Oh, well you should do that then. Who my, my little hungry one? Hungry one. Open up a package of my banana. Dude, I've got chills. Every once in a great while, I can spot a talent that I know is the future of music. First, we gotta find you a stage name. Al Yankovic. It's long, it's hard to pronounce. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. Weird Al Yankovic. I love it. Welcome to Close Watch, where we get to know our guests through the movies they love. And uh, if anyone that knows this guest or her uh, podcast knows that she loves Weird Al and she loves craft beer, I actually do have a beer on mic in honor of our guest, Lauren Carey of the Beard Al Podcast. Uh, which we'll get into in a second. But welcome to the show, Lauren. How are you doing? Oh, first of all, thank you for having me. And I am doing wonderful. I am, as comes as no surprise to anyone, very excited to talk about what we're talking about here today <laughs> because it's right in squarely in my wheelhouse. Yeah, it's your area of expertise, I would say, at this point. It is, the only, yes. The only way we could be more on the nose for, for Lauren is if, Weird Al literally was in like a beer commercial or something. Like that's the only thing I could think of that would be more uh, more directly correlated to what you got you all do over there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He could have been in a beer commercial, but he actually turned it down on account of his young impressionable fans. That Sadly, makes sense. Didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I am actually. Drinking a uh, mango cart, mango wheat ale from Golden Road Brewing. Uh, I thought that was appropriate because uh, we're last time I was on your show, we did sort of a like pre show expectation setting for Weird the Al Yankovic story. And uh, I was trying to manifest an Oscar nomination for Weird Al. I have discovered just moments before this episode that the shortlist for Best Original Song is out and he is not on it. So we will not be getting an Oscar-nominated 
uh, song from this film. So I'm poor. Now it's it's what turned into further manifestation is now turned into uh, an in memoriam for uh, now you know's Oscar chances, which also ties into the end of weird uh, the Al Yankovic story, which is uh, I guess it's sort of a spoiler, but we're obviously going to delve into that in depth here. Uh, so tell people about the Beard Owl podcast, first of all, and then uh, we'll get into the films at hand. Yeah, for sure. So the Beard Owl podcast is a podcast where we talk about two of the greatest things in the world, beer and Weird Owl. And, uh, you know, it's me and my brother, John, and we just kind of have taken our lifelong love of Weird Owl and mashed it together with our adulthood long love of craft beer into this weird magical thing that it has become and we have a blast doing it uh he's on every other week and then the weeks that john's off i have guests on much like yourself to talk about interesting weird owl related topics and i have a beer and i don't have like an actual reason for having this beer other than the fact that it's my favorite beer, my very favorite beer, and you can only get it around, you know, um, the Christmas holiday time. So I'm kind of working my way through the the stash that I've accumulated over the holiday. But it is Mad Elf from Trogues Brewing Company in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and it is a delicious. Um, it's a holiday ale brewed with cherries and honey, and mm. it is so good. This is what Christmas tastes like to me. And sometimes I like to whip one of these out like in the middle of July just to feel better about things. Yeah, absolutely. Christmas in July, no better way to celebrate it. Is is it now because of the the nature of your show, is it just basically like I'm about to I'm at, I'm stepping up to my mic. I, where's the where's my beer? I need my beer. Like is that just kind of uh like uh, muscle memory at this point? Yeah, pretty much. I, yeah, I, I would imagine. I can't, I can't, honestly, I've been I'm trying to think now. I don't know that I've ever recorded a podcast without a beer. Right. Um, or well, or wine. I've done some guest spots on a, a, a trivia podcast, the pub trivia experience. And um I had wine one time and then I just kept winning. So every time I went back to like <laughs> continue in that tournament, I had the same wine because I felt I'm very superstitious. Well, stick with the strategy that works. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. Uh, so obviously, like I said, on your show, we talked about before, like, uh, it actually, it went live the, the day the, the film was streaming on the Roku channel. People can stream it for free still on, uh, on the Roku channel. And, uh, we were talking about what we hoped to see in the, in the film in weird, the Al Yankovic story. So for people that haven't listened to your more in-depth reviews, uh, tell the, what was kind of your general overall uh, impression of the film, because we're going to be talking both 2022's We Are the Al Yankovic Story and 1985's The Complete Owl, which feel like sort of a, a feel like counter pieces of, uh, you know, they feel like bookends of Al's career to a certain degree. Uh, so what was your initial impression of, of Weird, I guess? My initial impression of Weird, um, I think I need to kind of set this up because I'm really glad that we're talking about weird the Al Yankovic story in conjunction with the complete Al because when this movie was announced and people saw that that you know the casting decisions that were made with Daniel Radcliffe in the titular role as weird Al Yankovic people were confused by it um they're like he looks nothing like Al I don't understand this I don't get this and I said to anyone who would listen 
if you've seen the Complete Al mockumentary from 1985, this is the kind of mock biopic that we're going to get. Okay. It's going to have a lot of that same flavor and tone to it. And I will tell you that I was right. I was absolutely right. This weird the Yankovic story does for, for biopics, what the complete Al did for rock documentaries. They treated it the exact same way with that same level of humor. And I felt vindicated when that happened <laughs> because I mean, I, I know what Weird Al is going to do with something like this, and that's exactly what he did. Now, there were some parts that surprised me. There were some parts that made me laugh more than I thought they were going to. There were some parts I was a little confused by that I had to kind of get again on the the second pass through. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. I laughed. Um, I put a, a video out on YouTube, like literally as soon as I finished watching it for the first time. And if you've ever seen a person be completely overwhelmed with something that just happened, that is how I felt as soon as it was over. Cause it was everything I wanted it to be and more. It's an inter- interesting sort of uh, interconnectedness, I think, between the complete Al, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and even UHF. Like, there are three approaches to a film, like a mockumentary, like you said, a straight narrative film. Obviously, people, you know, we've already covered UHF, you and I, on this feed, so people can find that uh, from, what, I guess a couple years ago now. I don't yeah. know. We're in a weird time vortex lately, so... Who knows? What, what, what is time even at this point? And, time um, is a flat circle. <laughs> kind of. And, uh, and Weird the Al Yankovic story being the biopic. So it's just Weird Al applying his sensibility to three different uh, types of films. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's, I think, inevitable that you're going to have certain commonalities. But I think these two in particular being just it's two approaches to what is kind of on paper the same story, I think is interesting. Is it fits well with you see so many biopics or uh, you know narrative films that are sort of inspired by a documentary. The one that keeps popping up in my head is uh, there's that documentary uh, Man on Wire that then was made a few years later into The Walk with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, mm-hmm. Telling that that real life story about the man who who did the, the high wire act uh, between the the, the two the, the twin towers, and uh, it feels like almost it, it kind of feels like the complete Al is the blueprint that uh, you know it walked so that weird could run basically. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I will also say that uh, just being in the weird Al community when all of this this happened, not enough people have seen the complete Al, and it holds up. It's hilarious. And it tells you exactly how weird was going to go. Now, you you can also tell that, you know, there's a big, huge time gap between the two and that Al's, um, like, his his whole creative sensibility had matured in the, you know, the... the 30 plus years in between these two films, but the, the, the spirit of them is still exactly the same. And what's interesting is now, when do we want to get to, are are we going to get to the big spoiler in weird, the Yankovic story? I think I sort of, with my pouring one out thing up top, I think I sort of prematurely spoiled it, but yeah, yeah, go for it. Cause we have to get to the big spoiler because here's the thing. The Complete Owl came out in 1985. Okay? Mm-hmm. So this was a 
mockumentary of Weird Al's life up until 1985. And then if you watch Weird, the Al Yankovic story, Al Yankovic dies in 1985. Yep. Okay. So it's literally the same chunk of time. As far as mockumentary or biopics are concerned, Weird Al was done in 1985. And I thought that was so interesting. It's like they could have picked any year for Weird yeah. Al Yankovic story, but they went with 85 because that's when the mockumentary ends. So that's when the biopic also needs to end. Right. And that's, uh, I guess, I guess that's, yeah, that's post Eat It. When, when did Eat It come out? Was it 83, 84? 84. Or, yeah. Okay. So right before. Yeah. And, and it's interesting watching those two that it's, one, there's that that connection, which is feels 100% deliberate. There's also the prevalence that both Michael Jackson and Madonna have in... Madonna more so in Weird, but Michael Jackson is a huge turning point figurehead in both of these mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, I was one of those people like you, or, or like you said, that uh, hadn't seen The Complete Owl. I wa- this is a first-time watch for this podcast. Uh, because I had started it and I never got a chance to finish it. So I went back and watched it from the beginning to, to you know, with weird in mind, I rewatched that for this as well. Uh, in, in the complete Al, there's a whole sequence where he goes to Michael Jackson's estate and approaches Michael Jackson and the actor that they got looks so much like Michael Jackson. So good yeah. casting for that. Um, and he sort of pitches him, eat it. And there's a whole bunch of, a whole you know, a lot of suspense into uh, his reaction and, and all of that. And then in Weird, the that movie, as we sort of surmised in uh, in your on your show when we first talked about it over there, uh, it is sort of a steady decline or descent into madness. You know, I think we both sort of theorize, oh, it's probably going to start relatively straight and then go completely off the rails. And the scene where it goes completely off the rails is when he uh, is inspired, thanks to Dr. Demento's LSD-laced guacamole. Yeah. Um, to to create the original song, 100% original, not a parody, uh, entitled Eat It. And I think that it's, it's what do you make of the connection? Well, obviously, Michael Jackson's a huge figure in his career. What do you make of how, how promi- uh, prominent he is in both of these films as a, you know, as a looming figure? Yeah, I love the treatment of Michael Jackson in The Complete Al because that really speaks to, you know, Michael Jackson's placement in pop culture at the, you know, in 1985 when that came out, right? Like, oh, it's so great because Michael Jackson is sitting in this big giant chair and you're just waiting for either the thumbs up or the thumbs down. The way the thumb kind of starts on the side, is it going to go down? Is it going to go up? Like, there's never been a more suspenseful thumb in in the history of film, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting the way they uh, the, the Michael Jackson treatment in Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and you know, uh, there are many schools of thought about a lot of this. But I know in my heart of hearts that Weird Al is extremely grateful and respects the place that Michael Jackson has in his you know, in making his career what it was because we wouldn't have the Weird Al that we have today if Eat It didn't happen the way that it did. And if Michael Jackson didn't give him the 
go ahead to make that happen. And the same can be said subsequently for fat, you know, because Michael Jackson like literally let Weird Al use the set for the the bad music video video for the fat music video. Um, and so that wouldn't have been as great as it was either if Michael Jackson wasn't such a good sport about it. And I think what's interesting about the treatment of that whole situation in Weird the Al Yankovic story is that the Weird Al character was just as much a bad sport as Michael Jackson was in reality a good sport. And I think there... There could be a lot of, maybe yeah, this is just me reading way too much into it, but like there could be a lot of layers to that as far as a commentary on just Weird Al's career in general, because you know he encountered a bunch of music artists that were not a good sport about it in one way or another. And mm -hmm. maybe that was him imagining how they were reacting to him asking to parody a thing, you know, like getting really ticked off about it. Uh, but for for the Weird Al character to be so up in arms about having his music parodied when the actual Weird Al built his career off of doing parody, I just think that's so funny and so smart and just so self-aware. You know, he knows yeah. what his career was built off of and how he became who he is. And to be like maybe there was part of me that was mad about the fact that I was known as the eat it guy for such a long time. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, I think that in, in weird, cause he has that whole speech where he's like, I'm tired of, you know, people thinking I'm, you know, people always saying, thinking I'm such a joke or whatever. And then there's allusions to Coolio and Prince in the final, like, like minutes of, of weird. Uh, I, I, I do think it's, it's interesting to sort of peel back the layers of of what these both of these films are saying about him and his career and the music business and uh, his interactions with other artists over the years and also how he views himself and because I do feel like it almost works like the complete owl would have been a uh, a promotional tool that would have come out in the universe of weird the Al Yankovic story where in 1985. He is like the biggest star in the world and yeah. uh, and all of that. Like it would have come out like at peak Al right before he uh, he won that award for what being not technically the best, but perhaps the most <laughs> famous accordion player in a, an extremely specific uh, genre of music, which is probably one of my favorite jokes in that movie because I, I love that. I love uh, I love how, how specific that that is. Um, it, you know, it almost feels like something that would have come out to sort of hype up his big tour uh, and then, you know, where the Al Yankovic story is like the real story of what was happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that totally tracks in my mind for sure. For sure. And hmm, I think what's, what's, what's also very interesting to me as somebody who, uh, knows what, what, how Weird Al f felt about his parents, because uh, mm -hmm. in the complete Al, those are his actual parents. Yep. And they were so incredibly supportive of him and what he was doing. And they loved the work that he did, you know. And they both passed away in 2004 from uh, carbon monoxide poisoning in the home, right? And like Weird yeah. Al said that it was his, he kept going with the tour. 
And he was like, that is what saved him from that was being able to go out and pretend and be silly for a couple hours every night. It got him through that period of time, you know? So yeah. the parents in Weird the Al Yankovic story are so very different from Weird Al's actual parents. And I thought that was an interesting choice for him to make. Uh, but I feel like that leans into what a lot of these music biopics do because you got to have a great origin story. And my parents were very supportive is not <laughs> a good origin story. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't even seen walk hard until, uh, probably a couple of years ago and then immediately bought it on Blu-ray. Cause I was like, this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> and, and it feels like the movie that's most, uh, that's closest to what Weird is trying to do. And every time, because I rewatched Weird, the Ali Yankovic story with my wife, she hadn't seen it uh, when it when it was posted initially. Uh, and every time the the parents got mad at him, I was I would lean over to him and be like, "Wrong kid died," uh, yep. because it's very much that vibe. Uh, yeah, and I noticed that too. I was like, I wonder if there was any if he felt conflicted about making it look like his parents were not supportive, because as as you said, they clearly were. Uh, and there, there's both of these films play so fast and loose with what is fact and what is fiction uh, that to the point that the complete owl, like some of elements of that were taken as fact for the longest time because people yeah. just didn't get it. And I think weird just kind of doubles down on that until the point, like I said, where he's fighting, you know, Pablo Escobar and, and everything else. So, so it's interesting that he's sort of, uh, puts his parents in a negative light. And also I was, I, I rewatching it. I was taken by how does Madonna, if she, if she took this the wrong way, does she have a case? Because it so villainizes her. I mean, I guess legally they're covered because it's a parody, but it's like, yeah. it goes so far out of its way to where the, where the, the literally the last laugh line is Madonna Ciccone is still at large, yeah, um, right? which is hilarious. I don't know. I when when Al was doing the whole talk show junket for this movie, um, to, the weekend that it came out. Which sidebar to watch Weird Al go on, you know, various talk shows like The View or the Drew Barrymore show, and yeah. have them ask him these like ridiculously rudimentary questions about his career, just as somebody who knows so much about Weird Al. I was like, how can he answer these dumbass questions all the time? You know, the question's like, so do you have to get permission to parody yeah, music? Yeah. Or like, I'm like, oh my God, you guys, you guys, <laughs> Weird Al must be like a saint. Like seriously, like, you know, do your research. Right. And there was, oh, oh God, the, one of the women on The View said what was probably like the most ridiculous thing in the world to him. And it was just like, uh, so you just make up words. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. And he's so sweet and so polite about it the whole time. But anyway, he's doing this talk show junket with it. And I think he was on the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon right. and Jimmy asked him, has Madonna seen this? And he was like, I don't know. I guess we'll see what she has to say. It and feels uncharacteristic for for uh, an artist who goes out of his way to get uh, other artists' blessing when he covers their music, though, doesn't it? It kind of does. It kind of yeah. does. But you have to consider uh, 
the reason we have this movie in the first place is that funny or die right. sketch, right? So Weird Al wasn't involved in the making of that. So and Madonna was such a big part of that, you know, funny or die uh yeah. sketch trailer that they couldn't do it without a Madonna character. So I guess they just kind of went with it, you know. Maybe Weird Al is at the uh, you know. He don't he don't care no more. Period of his career, he's gonna be like, look, I'm weird out. What are you gonna do about it? Right. Who knows? But yeah, it definitely seems weird that I think she may have signed off on being a character in the movie. And they were like, that's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Madonna. Yeah. We should we should just mention too that Daniel Radcliffe and Evan Rachel Wood are so great in this movie. Both of them have gotten. Like I, I've seen a couple like critics groups giving like nominations and stuff uh, mm-hmm. to them. I think he got a nomination for Critics Choice uh, Award for Best Actor and like a you know made for TV or limited movie or whatever uh, whatever the category is. And she got a supporting actress for like uh, I don't remember Hollywood Critics Association something like that. Like yeah. they both so they're getting some. You know this is not the kind of movie that the Academy would pay attention to because they're biased towards comedies in general. But their and performances are so strong. They totally are. Like, here's here's what bugged me about this whole thing. The Roku channel had the opportunity to put this film out on an extremely limited theatrical release. Like, I think it's a minimum of, like, two weeks at, like, X amount of theaters in L.A. Gets mm-hmm. you, you know, uh, makes you eligible for um, Oscar consideration, right? The Roku right. channel wouldn't do it. They wanted it to be a strictly a made for TV kind of thing. So the reason why now, you know, couldn't be nominated for an Oscar is because this didn't get the minimum theatrical release required for that. Mm, okay. There you go. Big that fat bummer sense. is what that is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, it's, he, I feel like he keeps, I mean, not that, an, and I said this on your show too, but not that an Oscar is like means anything other than it's a lot of political reasons and stuff, but it's considering that it's recognized as the highest achievement in cinema, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, from an award standpoint, it would have been cool to see him get nominated and watching the complete owl. I was struck by this is the life is really what he should have been nominated for best original song. Cause that's a great song. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like stands on its own and works with the, the film Johnny dangerously that it was written for. Uh, but it's apparently wasn't included in the movie for legal reasons. So I don't know how that works out. Uh, but I feel like that's that's maybe where he should have gotten a nod uh, because that's that's such a great catchy song and again so good. is in in, in uh, thematically in keeping with the film but also works uh, as a standalone. I think even if now you know had been eligible, I feel like it might have been stymied by the fact that it it the whole, half the song is like how long how many credits can there be mm-hmm. <laughs> double fake out which is so much fun when you're watching the movie but when you're listening to it out of context it doesn't play as well uh yeah and it's funny too because when we were watching this the other night my wife and i she was really getting tired by the end of the movie uh we have two small children etc we had had a couple beers uh when we were watching it and um she was ready to go to bed. And I was like, I got to, you got to listen to this song. And then every time it would fade out and then come back with a double fake out, she was like, oh, come on. Um, That's great. So well played Weird Al. Uh, it worked is what I'm saying. But yeah, so yeah. that's a bummer. Because it, it's the, the the fact that this is one of the only movies that I can think of that came from a fake trailer and then became a real thing and is as good as it is with the pedigree that it has, uh, I think is... 
you know, it, it would have been nice to see it get recognized. But hey, maybe he'll get uh, an honorary Oscar someday. Maybe he'll, I would love to see him perform at the ceremony because I think now, you know, with some tweaked lyrics would be a really sort of fun uh, kind of intro number. I think they need to you do something to liven up that show because they're dealing with uh, the aftermath of uh, the infamous slap from last year. So something fun to inject a little energy. And I think, you know, Weird Al is obviously back in the spotlight in a, in a major way. Thanks to this movie. That would be a good idea. I think that would be a great idea. I think, yes, I, I think some kind of recognition on that stage for what he did with this would be welcome from the entire Weird Al community. And I think it's what the world needs, but, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe like we, I think we said this on my show at some point, maybe there's something strategic with this whole Roku thing. Maybe we're going to get more Weird Al visual content that we didn't yep. know was coming. You know, it could be maybe a, another stab at something along the lines of the Weird Al show, but done the way that he wants to do it or a parody of some other kind of uh, TV trope. Who knows? Or maybe we'll get the sequel with the like the Weird Al zombie apocalypse. Who knows? Didn't they do that like in the 80s? There was that Eddie and the Cruisers movie and then I think he died at the end and then they came out with Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives or something like that. Yeah. And he, he was like, he had faked his death and and was living like uh, off the grid or something. I, I don't even, I, I remember my mom used to watch those. I've never, I don't even think I've ever seen them, but I'm familiar with it. So having him come back in, in a sequel and be like, reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated and then just continue weaving this insane uh you know, story with with re weird, uh, real Weird Al history mixed into the into the uh, into this like off the wall story. I would be one hundred percent down, and I I definitely feel like the Roku channel has all the reason in the world to get in the Weird Al business because we're talking about the Roku channel. <laughs> when has anyone ever talked about the Roku channel until this? Like to the point that you have all these. You have Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, and, and all these people involved in the movie talking about the film on all the talk shows, like you said, doing, you know, I'm seeing ads for it on my social media accounts and everything being like, oh, you know, you can stream it for free on the Roku channel. Everyone is, they're all out there like stumping for this streaming service that no one knows that they can access for free. Uh, and trying to educate the audience, like, oh yeah, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to subscribe to anything. You just go to the Roku channel on .com or whatever. And it's, I think, um, I would love to see. And I think I mentioned this to you, like Nature Trail to Hell turned mm -hmm. into like a half hour animated special or something crazy. Let Weird Al co-write it and do some voices or whatever. Uh, pretend like it came out in 1988 or whatever, and just kind of roll with that. I think that would be that would be a lot of fun. There's so yes, I want that I, more than I want to take my next breath. I want all of this, and I think it would be incredibly interesting, kind of playing into the um, we think this musician is dead, but they're not kind of thing. If you do a sequel to Weird the Al Yankovic story, have a different actor play Weird Al. Like you know how everybody yeah, there, go. there was that whole Paula's oh, dead you know thing you, with the Beatles. You know what you do? You know what you do? You get Elijah Wood, who's always uh, <gasps> yes. mixed up with Daniel Radcliffe, and who also had like loves to do completely bonkers 
projects. Uh, and seems like he's pretty much down for anything. You got Elijah Wood and pop him in there. Frodo Baggins himself. That would be so amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I think everything they did with this was perfect, like right down to the casting, though. Um, did you know that Patton Oswald was supposed to reprise his role as Dr. Demento? I did see that. I think Weird Al did some kind of an AMA on Twitter or somewhere. And so I was perusing that for uh, for tidbits. And I think I sent you the one where someone asked about him doing more Roku stuff. And he said, Nature Trail to hell the movie. Let's do it. And I was like, do I have powers? Am I am I like precognitive or, or like what's happening here? Uh, but yes, might. I did hear that. Yeah, he was supposed to, but like he broke his ankle or foot or something. Like right before filming. That's why. So, so yeah, Rain Wilson didn't have a whole heck of a lot of time to prepare for this, but I thought he did a great job. And how many layers are there to that joke when Weird Al meets Dr. Demento for the first time in that biker bar? Which <laughs> I'm going to sidebar here again because they did some great stuff with the crowd in that biker bar in the front row are Dave and Ethan from Dave and Ethan's, um, 2000 inch weird Al podcast, which I think is so cool. Like there are actual weird Al fans in that crowd. Nice. Uh, that's just so rad to me that, you know, weird Al is that connected with his, you know, like really rabid fans to extend that kind of invitation. They yeah. had to pay their own way to, to get there and <laughs> they didn't get anything for it other than being in the movie but hey you know um but when weird al meets dr demento for the first time in that biker bar and dr demento offers to be his mentor but mm -hmm. not just his mentor his d mentor which i think is so funny on several levels because demento mentor dementor yeah. but also it's harry potter and the dementors and from what I heard, that wasn't intentional. Like they didn't mean it as a Harry Potter joke when they wrote that in there, which is even makes it even funnier to me. Yes. It makes it so much funnier. Like not all humor has to be intentional. And sometimes the best things come out when you least expect them. And that's just so incredible. It's so incredible. And oh my God, I'm just gushing about this movie because I loved it so very, very much. I love the the necklace with all of the records on it. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they tease that so early. And then, like, you forget that he's wearing yeah. it. But that's what saves his life with Pablo Escobar. <sighs> it's great. Uh, I wanted to... to, to yeah. uh, one of the things that I, I do love is, since we were talking about cameos, that, like, smorgasbord of cameos at Dr. Demento's party... Uh, I remember we were speculating on your show what some of those would be like. Were there any particular ones that, I mean, obviously Jack Black has the most to do in that scene. Uh, are there any of the, like, I guess, backgroundy uh, cameos that, that stood out the most to you? My absolute favorite bit in that whole thing were people that we didn't even talk about on my show because they weren't mentioned yet mm -hmm. on the Wikipedia page. But it is uh, Conan O'Brien as Andy Warhol and Emo Phillips as Salvador Dali. And 
Andy Warhol walks up to Salvador Dali and says, well, hello, Dali. <laughs> I about <laughs> lost it. I about lost it. I, it was just so funny. It's such a throwaway joke. Yeah. And it's, it was delivered so perfectly. And Emo Phillips was great as Dali. Yeah, like he got that whole vibe down perfectly. It was absolutely wonderful. I thought um, Nina West crushed it as divine. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're all just so good. And I, you know, the, the, <laughs> the part of that scene that there are, uh, again, is just so great is the guy from Queen, right? Yeah. John Deacon of Queen. John Deacon. plays bass for Queen. <laughs> yes. Do you know, like, you have to know some stuff about music to, for this to really be as funny as it actually is. But, but John Deacon from Queen wrote Another One Bites the Dust. So he would be the one to have the most standing to want a parody of Another One Bites the Dust to be right. successful because he would be the one getting the money. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's so great. But I love that nobody knew who he was. Like, who? Who? <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. And then my, my wife and I were watching it. We were like, we want to go to this party because this is so rad. And the the, uh, the fact that so much of this in this movie happens in this sort of bizarro version of our own world where you have this party where all these, you know, icons of comedy, of music, of art, but are all sort of on the fringes. Like they either have cult followings They're You know what I mean? They're like, yep. they're all considered non-mainstream. Essentially, they're all very niche in their own ways. Uh, and then you have one of the members of Queen who is decidedly not a niche band. <laughs> one of the mo most popular rock bands of all time, especially in the 70s and 80s. And to have him laughed out of this party by all these guys, I thought was so funny. Um, and yeah, seeing, seeing Jerome DeConey as, uh, Pee Wee Herman and things like that. Yes. And s sidebar, uh, I'm gonna do my own sidebar for a second. In that shot with, uh, Jerome DeConey as Pee Wee Herman and Nina West as Divine, uh, that's actually, uh, playing David Bowie. That is, uh, an actor named Gordon Tarpley, who is, who's, I, whose wife used to live here in Tampa and, you know, with him and, uh, who I worked with. So I've met him. And uh, they, you know, we were friends with uh, my wife and I were friends with his, him and his wife. And we hung out with him a couple of times. I think we saw a couple of movies, whatever. And then they moved to California. And since then, he's been killing it. So seeing him in that was also like a whole new level of mind blowing. That's really cool. Yes. That is, that, yeah. I love I love when that kind of stuff. I mean, that's how I felt when I saw the um, the biker bar scene with Dave and Ethan. Like I knew they were in it because it was like the yeah. most poorly kept secret in like you know, among Weird Al fans that like, oh, Dave and Ethan are going to be in this movie. But then when that scene happened and I noticed them in the front of this crowd, I out loud went, oh, it's Dave and Ethan. And I got yeah. real excited about it, you know? Um, but yeah, ugh, that whole scene is just like, I love that point that you made too about the, the guy from Queen kind of getting laughed out of this party by all of these weirdos. But yeah. like, it's the power of the weirdos. Like if we all just get together, you know, Amazing things can happen. And it's like the weird people throwing it back at what is more mainstream. Because then when he asks them to play at Live Aid with them, hard pass. 
<laughs> Although, according to now, you know, that's the one thing they did change. He, uh, he, he did play it. with Live Aid with Queen and he and he blew him off. I think he says he blew him off the freaking stage, right? He blew him off the freaking stage. Yes, he did. He did. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I it's yeah, it's it's so it's so fun and so crazy. And I, going back to the the Michael Jackson connection, I, it was it struck me watching the complete owl for the first time for this episode how much it felt like Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, which was also sort of a TV movie that had kind of narrative bits and sketches loosely tied together with music videos Mm -hmm. and things like that. And and that came out a few years later. So it's almost like in that regard, Weird Al was sort of uh, ahead of Michael Jackson uh, on the curve. And and it itself is a parody of, you know, the complete Beatles and things like that. But still, it's like so close to Michael Jackson, who's, played such a huge role in his career and is featured prominently in both of these movies. Uh, you know, at least the in tangentially featured in both of these movies. I thought that was, that was kind of a funny connection because Moonwalkers, I'm a, I'm a huge longtime Michael Jackson fan. That's a film I've seen a million times. Uh, if only for the smooth criminal uh, segment, so great, especially, right? which is amazing. Uh, so I, I didn't realize that the complete owl had, what is it? Like eight music videos, you think in it or something like that, mm-hmm. including three that were, a part of the budget of the movie that, uh, you know, we're the Al Yankovic story costs 8 million. This one, uh, complete out costs 250,000, which included the budgets for uh, like three of the videos. I think like a surgeon, uh, one more minute and dare to be stupid, which I, I guess premiered with not premiered. Uh, did you, did you, when did you see the complete Al? at what point in your weird Al fandom did that sort of enter your, enter your radar? Oh, good golly. It's one of those things. I don't remember the first time I saw The Complete Owl, if I'm being completely honest with you, because once my brother and I got into Weird Al, we devoured all we could. Um, But I will tell you that uh, I watched it again for the first time, I want to say about a year and a half ago, and I live tweeted myself doing it. Um. Because I hadn't seen it in such a long time, so there was so much that I forgot. But, you know, then the music videos start happening, it all comes back to you, and you're like, oh, my God, this is so funny, this is so funny, this is so funny. And it was the weirdest, most um, disjointed live tweet session that probably has ever happened in the history of live tweeting. Uh, (laughs) Because if if you take a tweet like... Um, the nasal decongested and (laughs) take it completely out of context. You're like, what is wrong with this woman? But, um, I, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I, cause I was born in 1985. So the complete Al existed for my entire life. So I feel like I had to have been 10 or 11 the first time I saw it. Right. Cause it all just kind of blends together. It feels like the source code for a lot of what his career, what, what, you know, what happened up to that point and then what happens after that. Um, because even in that, in upon this first viewing, he mentions, uh, he has the copyright joke up top, which I thought was hilarious. Very, oh, very good. sort of, again, uh, ahead of when Spaceballs has the whole like uh, opening crawl joke. It was kind of akin to that, but this came first where he has the copyright thing and he's talking about how, oh, you know, if you pass this along, you know, you're going to destroy the world, basically <laughs> escalating sca- uh, stakes. Felt very virus alert. Yes. Uh, don't download the song kind of vibe to it, which I thought was hilarious. Um, the the He mentions uh, aluminum foil as uh, as part of what Linwood is famous for and nasal decongestant. 
he also mentions the Beverly Hillbillies. He even literally uses the phrase, you know, watch TV until your brain turns to mush. And I was like, well, I've heard that before on yep. Couch Potato. Uh, so there's a lot of little elements that you're like, oh, I could see. It's, it's, it's like you're getting an insight into his creative process, into his brain. And like, you know, if, if Weird Al has a master notebook with phrases and ideas written in it, you're seeing like bits and pieces pop up here that would kind of uh, come to fruition later on. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And I think that's one thing that Weird, the Al Yankovic story doesn't do. Like there's so much in it that is fresh, right? Because yeah. I, I, he's get like I said before, he's getting to the, you know, I don't give a F, you know, portion of his career where he's just everything he's doing lately just gets increasingly more absurd in the most beautiful way. Like the stuff he's done has always been absurd and a little bit subversive. But this is the like the culmination of all of that to kill yourself off <laughs> in in a biopic like only Weird Al could do that. Right. It's just, it's so brilliant. And well, side and then to, to that, double. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Do your side. I bar. was just going to say, I love the, um, the, the, the blazer that, uh, Daniel Radcliffe is wearing in that last scene. I want one. <laughs> and, but then to double down on that death and have a full on Carrie parody as the final scene. Yes. Or the, the mid credit scene, like give it a Marvel treatment and throw a mid credit scene in there. Like weird owl will return kind of vibe. Uh, including mentioning a zombie apocalypse in the end credit song, uh, all of that. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it, it's really it, it subverts your expectations, obviously, but also it, it before that happens, it did sort of I feel like live up to that. I said on your show that I, I was I hope the film would sort of embody that sort of message of hey, just be weird, live your life, do your thing. And I feel like that the movie does both films really, but I feel like Weird, the Al Yankovic story in particular, does you know that's that's a, a a major theme in the movie that he's stuck to his guns. He's like, no, I'm gonna play an accordion. I don't care if it's weird. I don't you know whatever. He eventually wins over his dad again, just like in the Funny or Die sketch with Gary mm -hmm. Cole opening his shirt and having the Hawaiian shirt on. Uh, so there are a lot of bits and pieces from the the original fake trailer that they included. But uh, that party scene, for example, and going so far with the, with the ending, it's just like, hey, this is not for everybody. I'm doing some funny stuff. It amuses me. I'm doing me. And look, I've been doing this for 40 plus years. So <laughs> something must be working. Uh, follow your fo follow your heart kind of vibe. And I, so I love that he does that and then immediately kills himself. Yeah, and off, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's like right so. after that beautiful sentiment, you know, about being weird and like all this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, yeah. And then boom. And what gets yeah. me about that part where he dies at the end is it's plain sight out there in the award show crowd. Nobody does anything. <laughs> You've just got somebody there with this big giant weapon. <laughs> and it's like, nobody's even going to be like, hmm, maybe this shouldn't be, you know, they just got to yeah. roll with it. And I'm like, why? This is, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. Okay. I have to ask you now. Yeah. What did you think of the, um, the animated, little interlude about his dad's backstory oh i loved it i thought it was great I, yeah, I, right? I, it was really funny and again subverting the whole thing we all know amish paradise didn't happen until like a decade later yeah so to have that happen first to have the uh 
the fat setup so telegraphed <laughs> to the point where the actors in the movie are kind of like, yeah, hello, I'm fat. fat. You know, you I'm know. fat. You know it. <laughs> uh, and then nothing really. All right. Um, and then to have it be Amish Paradise, I thought was a, was a really fun about face. Plus we get the, the Coolio RIP, the Coolio reference uh, in the crowd with him just looking mad. Uh, yeah. Uh, so which was, which was hilarious. And right before Weird Al gets killed, we have the, the sort of uh, justification for why Prince might never let him parody one of his songs because he beat him for that award, which I thought was yeah. hilarious as well. Uh, no, I, I thought it was great. I thought the Amish Paradise thing was completely out of left field. Uh, as is most of this movie. So I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of connections to his other films and his career in there. But I, I think you're right. It does, even though it's a feature length version of a fake trailer that you and I manifested into an actual feature film. <laughs> um, and it's touching, treading similar ground to The Complete Owl. Uh, but I feel like The Complete Owl focuses more on sort of the industry and the, the you know, the, uh, how, you know, how uh, fervent fans can get and things like that. Cause there's entire sequences where fans are like explaining a picture of that. They drew like an oil painting that one of their fans drew for weird Al. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, new material in this movie that feels familiar, but there's enough new stuff where it doesn't feel like a retread. Uh, even the, though the Pablo Escobar sequence set, it feels very UHF with the Rambo fantasy and things, yeah. uh, which everybody's has noted. There's a lot of fun little uh, little bits and little jokes uh, and little visual Easter eggs. I actually saw right soon before this recording, I saw a YouTube uh, video. There's a million of them po- talking about the Easter eggs in Weird. And one of them pointed out that like when you see that shot of his his Walk of Fame star, there's like a, a, a letter off to the side, you know, and, and it's saying, oh, you know, Weird Al, I, you know, I've, you don't know me. I, I've loved you. I followed you your whole career. Uh, and and not only not only, you know, from show to show, from your house to the to, you know, from, you know, on the road to off to over to your house in the garden, into the bushes by your, th- you know, thank you for never having me arrested. Although you probably didn't know I was there. Signed, Charles N- Nelson Riley. There's a there's little things like that where I had no idea, completely missed it. There's obviously, you know, right when the My Bologna thing happens, there's Captain Crunch and Raisin Branson on the counter. There's mm-hmm. lots of little things for hardcore fans like us to go back and and pick apart. And uh, I think that's, you know, it's a testament to how, how, how kind of how the complete Al touches on how uh, passionate his fan base is that that they went the extra mile, uh, you know, Eric, Eric Appel did the directed the film and as well as the, the short. Uh, so it's cool that they baked all that stuff in there and uh, having the fat Amish paradise sort of playing off of each other, I thought was, you know, felt right at home with the rest of that. It's it, yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head in, in absolutely every way. And I think that's one of the things that is so great about Weird Al too is um, I've I've said this before and I'll say it again. Weird Al doesn't half-ass anything. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it right. And he absolutely did this right because there, there's there's two things about it. He did what amused him and what he wanted to do, but he also gave us as like these hardcore Weird Al fans something to rewatch and rewatch and rewatch for all those little things that he left for us to find. And yeah. you, you, you're not going to find uh, 
a celebrity anywhere really who is as giving in that way as Weird Al is because he's built his career on putting layers in his jokes. I have admitted multiple times on my own show, I didn't get the um, show me how to get down joke and I want a new duck until <laughs> embarrassingly recently. But there are so he, many. He even other- asked you if you get it. He's like, get it? I know, and I didn't get You're it. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was for you. That get it was for you. Get it, Lauren. Yeah, I know. I mean, I was driving down the road one day when I finally got it and I said out loud to myself, oh, my God, I get it. (laughs) So, you know, it took me a while. But like that was even though it was a song that had been around for over 30 years, I experienced something new with it. You know? Yeah. And that's just so cool because everything he does is so smart. And I think. He respects his fans enough to put those kind of things into his work because what he does is inherently funny and silly and there it's fine for it to exist for the casual Weird Al fan who just wants to get the cheap jokes. And there are cheap jokes aplenty in both of these movies. Yeah. But you go below the surface in both of these things. And there is so much more. It is so much richer than it is at face value. Again, the complete Al and weird, the Al Yankovic story there is just layer after layer after layer of funny to get the more you watch it. And there are so many films that just like, aren't like that, that, you know, they're funny. You're going to get it all and you don't have to see it again. Hmm. But this you have to watch multiple times. And that's both, you know, very good business and just very good genius. (laughs) Well, and it's also a tradition that uh, I think, you know, was uh, sort of established by some of the best parody films. Like if you go back and you watch Airplane or you watch, uh, you know, uh, Spinal Tap or you watch... um, walk hard even like there are other things happening that you won't pick up on because it's just like joke. It's like constant flow of jokes, jokes upon jokes. While someone's telling a joke, there's a joke happening in the background or someone's walking past a, a, you know, a joke in the scenery or whatever, like in the foreground of a, of a, of a shot. So I, I think it's, it's very much, I think they were definitely aiming to sort of be a, a, you know, a new kind of peg in that tapestry of parody movies, uh, just aside from Weird Al, are, are parody movies something that you're generally into? Like, is oh, that, sure. I would assume so. Yeah, I would assume so oh, based yeah. on the Weird Al love. Um, because yeah, I think that it's definitely, it's definitely apparent that they were trying to, you know, shoot for that, uh, that level. And I, and I think in a lot of ways they did hit it. I absolutely. Yeah. I think they did hit it. Now I will say that, um, you can tell in some like pacing of it that Eric Capel is a, 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 this was his first feature film directing. Right. right. And there are some scenes that I felt could have moved a little bit faster or focused too much on, on one part than the other. Um, but like, that's okay. You know, I don't yeah. know. Some of the Madonna stuff I just felt went on a little too long, but maybe that was just me. Like she did a great job, but I was, <sighs> I think my problem is the first time I watched it, I had probably too recently before that Uh watched the Madonna movie. Who's that girl? Right. And 
the one thing Evan Rachel Wood didn't get for me was the Madonna voice at that time. Because Madonna at that time talked like this. Right. Yeah, she had more of a New York accent. So I was just like, if you're going to lean into that look for Madonna, you have to sound like it. And she didn't sound enough like it for me. She looked great. Yeah. And she did a great job. Um, like physically, she definitely embodied that character. But I wanted a little more, you know, a weird out. What you, you know, it's a Pablo Escobar. I wanted more of that. Uh, yeah, a little, a little more, uh, a little more Harley Quinn on that Madonna per- performance. I think would have been more accurate to the times for sure. Yes, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. what are we going for accuracy here? <laughs> well, clearly not. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Weird Al has never been in as good of shape as Daniel Radcliffe is in this thing. When he comes out of that sh- out of the egg when he's reborn and he's playing guitar, like what a great shot that is, first of all. But like also how crazy ripped Daniel Radcliffe is. Uh, just, uh, you know, on on a Tuesday, just like, yeah, because I, I, obviously he didn't work out for this role. Uh, to have him in that shape just walking on the set, I think, makes it even funnier because it feels like a movie, like a cinematic version of the Weird Al thing, which is what it is. But it feel, it, you have feel that separation a little more so. Um, so I thought that was funny. And I want uh, I want him to release a version of Amazing Grapes on uh, on Spotify because I thought that was like better better version i like that kid young young al nailed it amazing grapes how sweet the juice let's let's put uh, it out there i want that too yeah they did a bunch of you know reworked songs for uh for the soundtrack and um you know like we even got a little clip of the re-recording of i lost on jeopardy that actually ended up not getting used in the film right. because what they did was when he that scene when he's in the car and he's slipping through the channels and it's all his his music they recorded new clips for that yeah. And, you know, that's awesome. It's cool. It's, it's just, cool to hear him re-recording these decades-old songs for yeah. this movie, which is fun, too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I wanted to mention just a couple other things. Uh, I, obviously, I love the melding together of real real facts about his life uh, with the fabrication. I think the complete owl, it feels like some of that is actual home movies of his childhood growing up. Yeah. Which, which I, th- I thought it was like, they have that. And then they have, you know, him being born on the elevator because his, his career is rising to the top kind of thing. Like I love <laughs> that. So it just like seamlessly cuts from one to the next. Uh, and I love this sort of um, Hendrix, esque setting the accordion on fire on stage thing it felt <laughs> very much like the 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 thing that eric capel saw there was like ooh, what if we did a movie like a biopic of that uh because he, that came out soon you know when ray and walk the line and all like biopics were all the rage which they kind of are again now anyway yeah so it made sense for them after, in the wake of bohemian rhapsody elvis is like a big oscar contender this year there's mm-hmm. a whitney houston movie coming out like this week, for example. So that's clearly a genre that's going strong. Uh, at, at least, you know, at least they're being produced. I don't know how well some of these are doing at the box office, but Elvis is definitely doing well. And then oh, that uh, was great too. That that was great. And I think that's it's it's also the thing that this movie gets that the best biopics I, I think sort of hone in on is that no what nobody wants. Even if they say they do, nobody wants a true to life, one to one, like 
Wikipedia page of what a person's life was. They got, they were born. This is their, their childhood snippet. They're a teenager. They meet the love of their life. Then this happened. You know, no, that's boring. Like we don't mm-hmm. need that. That's, that's the template that movies like this and walk hard are making fun of. Uh, you need things with a little more energy that sort of captured the essence of the person. I thought I was a big fan of that Steve Jobs movie they did a few years ago. That's not a music biopic, but still. Uh, Rocket Man, I thought that was, was great. Was, uh, you're taking song, uh, songs from way later in his career and applying it to his family life and him being a child singing uh, I Want Love from like 2002 or whatever when he's like seven years old. Uh, all that stuff, like remixing that. Elvis is, again, another perfect example of that. And I think weird, like we we're saying, there's enough in there that is true that you still feel like you understand who Weird Al is as a person, as an artist, by by what the film represents. And I, so I love that that element of it as well, that it does feel like it gets his spirit, even if it, even if he kills himself off decades uh, you know, decades before uh, the film was released. Uh, I, I think that's that's kind of the the most important criteria uh, criterion that 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 the film had to hit, and I think it it did match that as well. For sure, did it for sure did it? Like I said at the beginning, this meant and exceeded all of my expectations because it did everything it was supposed to do and more. And it's been very interesting to me to see the reaction to it, see that like it's getting, you know, praise and accolades and the places that something like this should. And then for there also to still be fans that are confused by it. (laughs) But that's that's what weird out work is like, it's going to confuse somebody somewhere and like, you can't help that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Is there, is there anything about the complete Al or weird, the Al Yankovic story that we haven't talked about that you wanted to make sure we mentioned? No, I mean, we definitely covered all of my bases. I I awesome. would just urge anybody listening to this to watch both of these things uh, because they are both great in their own special, weird, amazing way. So depending on what kind of mood you're in, you know, <laughs> pick one or the other <laughs> and just have a good chuckle. Live yeah, tweet it would, if you want. <laughs> it would be, <laughs> yeah, with no context because that's that's the way to do it, according to Lauren. Yeah. Um, uh, I, it would make a really fun double feature to complete Al and then Weird, the Al Yankovic story. And they're both available to stream for free. Like, as we said, uh, Weird is on the Roku channel exclusively. They're not a paid sponsor of this podcast, just making sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> Obviously, right. we enjoyed this movie. We're like, go check it out. Roku, if you want to toss some money my way, I'll take it. Uh, the complete Al is currently on like free free streamers like Tubi and Pluto TV, things like that. Tubi, which I feel like is gaining traction in the last couple of years as people are starting to realize, oh, there's a lot of stuff on here. Why is nobody talking about Tubi? Mm-hmm. Um, there are ads on both of them, but I mean, you know, just go to the, go get, go to the bathroom, go get a snack. We used yeah, to watch that, movies like that all the time on television. It's say, like, that's get used how to it. it used to yeah. be, right? When I was your age, we used to, <laughs> yeah, used to there you commercials. Go. uh normally this would be the place where i would you know i would ask you or we would just talk about other movies that people could check out if they hadn't seen this we already mentioned a lot a ton of them weird the complete owl those are the baseline uhf uh any of these parody movies we mentioned i think walk hard would probably be the most uh the closest to to weird is there any other any other ones i mean like basically any parody movies you know there you can never go wrong with those 
Yeah, I mean, you, you, you I mean, also you can go also, wrong. No, you can't. <laughs> let's, let's, I like we should amend that because then people will be like, I watch date movie, epic movie, disaster movie, Meet the Spartans, Vampires suck, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These all were terrible. What's wrong with you, Robin? Like, I'm sorry, yeah, not those. Yeah, you can't go wrong. <laughs> you mentioned Spinal Tap. I would also say any in in that like a Mighty Wind is along the yeah. same lines, which I think everybody should see. I think I don't think that movie gets anywhere near enough uh, credit. I, I would put that up against Spinal Tap any day and, you know, on any given day, either one could win in my book. Yeah. Yeah. The the Christopher Guest stuff, uh, the early Zucker stuff, Naked Gun, obviously those, yes. Mel Brooks, anything Mel Brooks, essentially. Uh, so, yeah, those are those are the, the the titans of the genre, as it were. And maybe maybe we're adding Weird Al to that list. We'll see. I, I think um, Weird Al is a titan of talk. any genre he wants to be. <laughs> there you go. Um <laughs> Lauren, this is a blast. Tell people where they can find you on social media. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you can find the Beardell Podcast at Beardell Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And to listen to my show, you can find it on any of the places that you, you know, listen to and consume podcast content, but you can make it easy for yourself and go to beardalpodcast.com or check out oddpodsmedia.com for uh, my show and all the other shows that are on my lovely little weird network. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on like this. I think we're going to start manifesting weird too, even weirder or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll start <laughs> manifesting weirder. that or any weird out content from the Roku channel or, or something like, I think I want this to open the floodgates that obviously it feels like he's nearing the end of wanting to do these, you know, nationwide tours. I feel like he's sort of like, Oh, it's tiring. Let's like, I, do you get that vibe? I feel like he's, sort of winding down wanting to do that quite so much i think i get that vibe a little bit yeah because having seen the um the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour and done the vip twice once near the beginning of the tour and once near the end of the tour he definitely seemed tired at the end yeah yeah so i think that would give him a you know a different creative venue to stay connected to fans to keep you know putting putting his awesome content out there so more of that kind of thing i think would be it's a good like next stage of his career uh, obviously he hasn't released an album since geez was that 2014 mandatory fun was it was indeed yeah that's a long time with no no weird al albums no weird no. albums sorry i know your terminology <laughs> um <laughs> so some weird al content would he definitely need to do to get some more of that into the world and uh you know We'll definitely have you back on this show or Franchise Detours sometime soon. I already kind of have an idea because I'm always searching for movie-related Weird Al kind of uh, content to pitch to you for your show. So I have one that I've been sitting on. So at some point in 2023, we'll have to uh, connect about that too. Well, I'm excited about that. I, I was saying before we sat down today that I always have such a great time talking to you. So whether it's one of your shows or mine, I am more than excited to have, you know, conversation with you absolutely well until next time my friend will definitely do that yay big thanks to lauren carey from the beard owl podcast for coming on to discuss 1985's the complete owl and 2022's we're the al yankovic story both movies you should be watching if you haven't seen uh i know they're not mainstream air quotes mainstream studio releases etc but uh, both streaming for free right now as i said so check them out over the holidays, into the new year, and let us know what you think. You can find me on Twitter, at Cricket Table, for now. <laughs> Same handle on Instagram. 
uh, and via email at robert at crookedtable.com, also on Tumblr and Hive and all over the place. So find me there and let me know what you think of these two weird, uh, air quote, weird owl movies. And uh, for now, that's a wrap on another Crooked Table production. This is the final episode of Close Watch for 2022. I know it's been a very erratic year as far as posting, hoping to stabilize a little bit more going into the new year. And who knows, maybe some bonus content will hit this feed as well. So stay tuned for that. And until then, keep watching, everybody. Happy New Year. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. That's the yard of a little K-E-D. 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 K-